we're going to study a special theme. Life everlasting. On death, dying, and the future hope. What does the Bible say about these things? Is there a hope for us? We know somebody is dead, dead. We can't do anything about it. But the Bible tells us there will be a resurrection of the dead. There will be everlasting life for some of us. For some. There's a ticket to heaven for everlasting life. And we are going to discover this ticket. Grace be with you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. In our Bible studies about life everlasting, on death, dying and the future hope, Lesson 11, End Time Deceptions. End Time Deceptions. Our memory text for this week we read in the second epistle to the Corinthians, chapter 11, verse 14 and 15. And no wonder, even Satan disguises himself as an angel. It's interesting, isn't it? So it is not strange if his ministers also disguise themselves as ministers of righteousness. But their end will match their deeds. Mysticism. What's that? Sounds so mysterious, doesn't it? The word implies the union of the individual with the divine or absolute in some kind of spiritual experience or trance. When you are filled, filled with the Holy Spirit, then your life will change. You will go upwards. But there is another spirit, the one of the devil, and if you are filled with this spirit, then you are in the bondage of mysticism. Ignatius from Loyola, the founder of the Jesuit order, Societas Jesu, he, he had special spiritual meetings, and in these meetings, you are informed of the Spirit, and then you are in Torahs, and so on. But the question is, who informs you? God's Spirit or the devil's Spirit? There are two, not one. So mysticism can be very, very dangerous. Not only it can be, it is very dangerous. Jesus tells us in his sermon 
on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, and the following, Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? And in your name have cast out devils, and in your name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. They had Jesus' words on their lips. They said, Lord, Lord. But they worked for the devil. So take care. Not every word about Jesus is from Jesus. You must look it up in the Bible, if it is true. Near-death experiences. Once I met a lady. She was so sick she, she couldn't move anymore, couldn't get out of bed. <clears throat> and she presented a book to me. And she wanted me to read it and to tell her what I think about it. And the book was called... Survival of Bodily Death. <laughs> and this book, after the first page, I knew what it was about. People who were nearly dead had some experiences. They saw a, a nice light and a, a soft voice. and oh, it, it was just fine. And then the intention of this book was to show there's no problem. It's fine over there. Yes, can be. But there are two possibilities. One is fine and one is not fine. One will lead to eternal life and one will lead to the second death. Extinction. Gone forever destroyed. Going on living, being resurrected. We talk about end time deceptions. So when people talk about what they have seen, yes, you have seen something, but this is nothing of the other world. It's still here. They were not dead, nearly dead. But we have some stories in the Bible and people who were really dead were resurrected from dead. Elijah the prophet, he resurrected the son of the widow in Sarepta, where he got some food and water. And then his <coughs> follower, Eliza, who resurrected the son of the woman of Shunem. And then in the New Testament we have three resurrections. A young man, the son of a widow, and Jesus resurrected him. 
they were just about to bury him when Jesus made him alive again. And the 12-year-old daughter of uh, an important ruler of the synagogue, Jairus, Jesus resurrected the little one. And, and we have the piece of art here from Maximilian Jancha, Lazarus, four days in the grave. His sisters did not want the stone to be removed because of the bad smell that would come out of the grave. But Jesus called him out. He resurrected him. It's a great possibility if you come to Jesus. Not even death can stop him. He's the only one that can resurrect you. Are you in connection with Jesus? Do you love him? Do you follow him? Then you will have a future. Reincarnation. Reincarnation. In the religion of the Hindus in India, we hear strange, strange ideas. They say that through progression of consciousness at six classes of aquatics, plants, reptiles and insects, birds, animals, human beings, you go on. So when you die as a human being, maybe you go on in another animal, insect, or whatever. And this is an invention of the devil. It's not what is written in the Bible. What can we read in God's Word? In the book of Hebrews, chapter 9, the last verses, we read that Jesus is now in heaven, and that he was sacrificed once and for all. Verse 28. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. He was offered once. And the verse before, and as it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this the judgment, once to die. Only once. Not dying as a worm or as a snake or whatever. You will die once. And after that the judgment. But we need not to be afraid of the judgment when you have the judge in the future as your friend, if it is Jesus, because he is the judge. And if you, are, if you have already made friendship with him here as a living being on this planet Earth, your judge is your friend.
But if you do not know him, then you will be afraid. What will be? What will happen? What will be then when I am dead? You can step forward in advance as long as you live. Trying to start a loving relationship with Jesus. Then you're Your being afraid will just disappear. You meet your friend. He has promised that you can come to him with open arms. He's waiting for you. With open arms. He made you. He created you. And he is full of love for you. Because he wants you, the one he has created, to come home to your heavenly father. It's so great to have such a friend in heaven. Necromancy and ancestorship. Ancestor worship. In some cultures, primitive cultures, we hear about this ancestor worship. When you experience the death of someone you loved, it's a strange experience. So it's something you have to... Yeah, to, to get over it. it. It's not an easy aspect of life, seeing someone living into another sphere. And when people have been strong and wise and suddenly they're just nothing. No more life, no more speech, no more ideas, no more move, nothing. Nothing. From one second to the other, death has occupied them. So it's, it's a strange experience for human beings to, to, to be together with someone who is about to die. In some cultures they do the following. When someone is about to die, for example an old man, then some strong men of the city put a rope around his neck and then on this side a group of men, on this side a group of men and then they pull. But then the one in the middle will be dead, of course. That's the sense of it. They want to kill him. A, a person about to die. They're going to kill him. His, his colleagues of, of the tribe, his neighbors, yes, his relatives, his friends, they come to him and... Why so? There's the following idea behind it. They do not think that they do anything bad. They think as long as there is life in this person, we must 
give this life a chance to come over to us through the rope. So we finish the life in this person. He, he will die anyway. They, they see it. It comes to an end. Imagine you're the one about to die and then they step in with this rope in their hand. And then you know what's, what will follow. They come to your neck and then they will act as usual. Because they hope that when they have a good grip on this rope, that when life will disappear in this old person, then this life will go on in them. They will get the power of life so that they are stronger than before. That's the idea. It comes from the devil. Imagine murdering someone who is about to die. Normally you, you leave someone in, in peace. But here they come, all the neighbors, to kill the person so that they get the rest of his life. So they shorten his lifespan in the last days. Anxious ancestor worship. And then they kneel down in front of your grave and hope that this past gone life will help them to get some information and, and strength and power. The devil does it, his work there. Presentations and other appearances. The devil is clever. Very, very clever. So from time to time he tries to persuade us to do things he wants us to do. And if someone dies, then he prefers appearing in a vision as if the dead person would come again out of his kingdom of death. Appearing in front of you in dreams, in visions, in the night, and then he wants to start a communication with the relatives so that they follow the advice of the dead uncle or father or mother or cousin or whatever. And it's interesting for people to see, oh, the person is not here anymore, but from time to time I still can talk to him and I get information from another world. But it's not this person. It's not your relative, your friend, the one who died. It's, it's an, angel, an angel of the devil, or the devil himself, if you're important enough for him. He wants us to follow him. And we have a story in the Bible when the king Saul had to meet the Philistines, an enemy who came and he knew the next morning there will be a battle and he was afraid of this battle. And he, he wanted to know how it will end. 
he wanted to know in advance. And he went to a woman who was able to, <laughs> in a way to pull out, <laughs> to pull dead people out of their grave. And she said, whom should I call out of the grave? Well, Samuel, the prophet who had died. And then she said, oh, I can see him, he's there. How, what, how does he look like? And then he described it. Yeah, that's Samuel, the old man, yeah, with his cloak around him and so on. And then, yeah, what shall I ask him? What will be tomorrow? I have to fight against the Philistines. I'm, I'm so afraid of them. Next day you will be in the kingdom of death with your sons. And then you could hear, boom, the king fell to the ground without consciousness. He was shocked. That was the aim of the devil. He wants to shock us. That we lose all hope. And it happened like this. The next day, the king was dead and his sons too. He could not stand against the Philistines after this session in the night. It wasn't Samuel. It was the devil. And he always wants to destroy. Never, never do anything like that. Never. It's dangerous for your life. Summary. Death is a strange experience. Not long ago, I had this experience when my wife cried during the night and then there was silence, complete silence. When I had a look at her, I saw she is without conscious. Then I called for help and when the medical doctor and his team arrived in no time, they tried to reanimate her and I pressed on her heart and oxygen into the throat and so on. And they tried and tried for half an hour. And then I heard this medical doctor saying, now we will stop the reanimation process. And then I discovered no more hope. Now she's dead. But she's my wife. It was in the middle of the night. And then they collected all their materials and off they went. And I was alone with the dead body of my wife. This is a strange experience. I've just talked to her an hour ago. And now, there, without any consciousness, being dead. It is a shock. Everything is dark. It's in the middle of the night. You are alone with your dead wife. 
And if I didn't know what the Bible tells me, and if I didn't know that she was in close communion with Jesus, and that she loved Jesus, and wanted to be with him in eternity, and lived according to his principles, if I didn't know all about this, I don't know how I could have managed such a situation. It's so helpful to know it's just asleep when someone is dead. Now she rests. There she is, resting. Just resting in peace, waiting till Jesus will come again. But the devil, he has a lot of end time deceptions. And sometimes, Many, many costs. And he wants to deceive us. He's a master of deceptions. And it's so important to know what is written in the Bible. For example, in the letter, in the epistle of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul says, verse 14 onwards, Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the priest plate of righteousness. Verse 16, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. You need the word of God to rest in peace. At the end.